Welcome to Be Honest Podcast with Dr. Yana and Dr. Sherry, where we hold honest conversations about life, relationships, challenges, and everything in between with unfiltered discussions with real people offering their authentic stories, experiences, and perspectives. No topic is off limits and no story is too small. Join us on United Public Radio Network 107.7 FM. Greetings, listeners around the world. Welcome to Be Honest Podcast with Dr. Yana and Dr. Sherry. Thank you for joining us on United Public Radio 107.7 in the Big Easy New Orleans. Today's topic is about defeating procrastination, where taking action today becomes tomorrow's triumph. More simply put, conquer tomorrow today. In our seemingly fast-paced world, we tend to focus more on end results dancing between procrastination and a relentless pursuit of outcomes. What exactly leads us to deter on the brink of failure before making decisions and taking action? In other words, why do we procrastinate? Think about standing on the edge of a cliff. The water represents the task at hand. The anticipation of diving into the unknown, perhaps because of uncertainty, fear, or the perceived depth of the challenge. This may cause us to hesitate, Just as we may freeze in hesitation, delaying the ultimate plunge below, procrastinating is believed to stem from a reluctance to fully engage in a task. This is why we often defer our response and postpone getting the task done. In a more realistic perspective, procrastinating is a pattern of behavior linked to the flight response with the fight or flight mechanism. If a person perceives a task as a threat, such as if we have a fear of failure, we have perfectionism or other stressors, our flight response may be triggered. This may manifest this response to result in us avoiding our perceived threat, leading us to procrastinate as a means of justifying not having to face this challenging task. While the flight response is generally designed for survival, activation may also occur inappropriately in situations just so we can avoid the task. In other words, we're always going to maybe to try to delay the unavoidable. Delaying the unavoidable. Well, Dr. Sherry, you were procrastinating to say the word procrastination. Yeah. <laughs> it's the perfectionism. It's the perfectionism kicking in. Yes. <laughs> we're talking about procrastination today. Well, can we think of a time, perhaps very recent, that we have succumbed to procrastination? Does this mere thought trigger an inner response? Well, the goal of this podcast is not to ask you to relieve your experience. Sometimes it can be pretty painful. Understanding triggers and responses surrounding putting things off is pertinent to making positive changes. Yet, before addressing an approach to deal with procrastination, Understanding why we delay the inevitable is of equal importance. In brief, a lack of motivation, fear of failure, perfectionism that we love so much, at least I do, (laughs) low self-esteem, guilty of that. I also do have low self-esteem once in a while. Many of us do. (laughs) 
<laughs> impaired is the executive functions guilty as charged <laughs> that's true too uh -oh. cognitive distortions oh my god it's all me i just diagnosed myself with all of these things <laughs> temporal discounting task aversion now decisional procrastination and what is that we're going to talk about it or simply feeling overwhelmed are psychological factors related to procrastination. Well, physical factors such as fatigue or lack of energy, poor health, or discomfort may also impact our ability to start and maintain our tasks, right? Well, moreover, social factors such as peer pressure, fear of judgment, desire for approval, and lack of accountability are dynamics that may hinder our motivation, thus increasing the tendency to procrastinate in group settings. At times, a combination of these psychosocial elements may be at play when group is tasks, and worrying about the outcome clouds the ability to perceive and embrace the process. Does any, uh, do any of these factors resonate with reasons uh, you may have or still postpone tasks? Yes. There's a quote out there. Procrastination is the enemy of success. Oi. We hate procrastination. I hate procrastination. Never, nevertheless, I engage in this very unpleasant tasks quite yes. often. <laughs> really convincing ourselves that we're actually succeeding at procrastination. We're succeeding at the procrastination. <laughs> That's right. At least something we're succeeding at, right? <laughs> what a delusion. <laughs> what a delusion. <laughs> procrastination generally offers us a uh, sense of temporary relief. But the accumulating stress from not attempting the task often leads to a more significant and prolonged negative impacts on our well-being. Continuously avoiding tasks like well, I do sometimes, oftentimes, <laughs> many times, <laughs> often results in like poor stress management over time. What do you think? Well, you threw that question at me like I I, 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 I'm the <laughs> least procrastinating person in, in the world. You know, yeah, you know that the, just avoiding the tasks uh, uh, creates the crazy sense of stress for me as well. You know, like uh, stress itself can uh, create this terrible uh, inability to uh, manage your tasks, right? Or even fulfill anything in your life, right? The things are falling off your hands. But the uh, stress that is coming from procrastinating is even worse. Absolutely, because heightened stress, it can decrease productivity, cause poor performance and miss deadlines, ultimately. As a result, personal, professional or social relationships may get strained, while feelings of regret and guilt usually affect us emotionally. Prolonged negative emotions such as chronic stress, anxiety, and depression, all of these may have adverse effects on our actual physical body. Health issues like cardiovascular problems, weakened immune function, our digestive issues may be related to our stress hormones when they're elevated all the time. Lifestyle choices may also be influence, influenced by our poor emotional regulation, leading to unhealthy habits such as poor diet, inadequate sleep, or a lack of exercise. Sometimes that's a part of procrastination. We choose to procrastinate exercise. Put simply, while the tendency to procrastinate presents an illusion of momentary relief, 
Such behavior contributes to psychological and physiological triggers for a short-term gain, resulting in long-term pain. Oh, my God. You know that the procrastination presents the illusion of momentary relief. And I have to say that for me, um, I'm like the master of procrastination. I think I invented that word, that concept. <laughs> And I hate that. I have to always uh, uh, stay on task. I have to, because as human beings, right, we are so wanting the comfort in our lives. So it's very difficult to get out of the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But if we want something really badly, we're going to get up and do it. You know, sometimes that we wait until the very last moment to uh, have the adrenaline going when the deadlines have fallen on your head all the time. Then we start start doing something so but that is not a great approach and I remember that myself I would just wait for that time because it would give me the adrenaline rush with adrenaline I do everything so fast you know but it is so good to also remember that procrastination is dynamic while this common human behavior may have a certain inherent feature for example the impulsivity uh, or self-control Everyone's experience will differ in relation to their personality traits, motivation, self-discipline, and external circumstances. Some may struggle with chronic procrastination, whereas others experience avoiding or delaying tasks intermittently in specific situations. So because procrastinating is not strictly inherent or static, we can create strategies and rewire habits to mitigate postponing tasks. And we as humans are completely capable of doing that. So let's revisit the body of water mentioned earlier. <laughs> Rather than think of jumping off of the cliff this time, think of procrastination as building a sturdy bridge over a challenging river. The effort used to develop positive habits and effective strategies relate to laying a new piece of the bridge, making the journey across tasks more manageable. With consistent time and dedication, the bridge becomes a dependable pathway, thereby decreasing the chance of getting stuck on the shores of procrastination. And we have a saying, I will cross that bridge when I come to it. You know, I love this saying, because uh, while I don't want to be worried about certain things in my life, right, I think that I will be getting to it uh, in time and uh, crossing that bridge later or whatever task that I may have in hand. However, I have to create the strategies how to create how to cross that bridge ahead of time. And even in the back of my mind, even subconsciously, I think of the strategies how to cross that bridge when I come to it. So not necessarily that we have to uh, think so uh, strategically about how to cross that bridge. We nevertheless have to have that task at hand. We have to think about it and not only think, but actually also get into action. Yeah. Sometimes we have to take the action to actually build the bridge before, you know, we can come to a bridge. But in addition, coming to the bridge, we are often responsible for actually building the bridge. That's right. <laughs> right. Well, if we take a moment to drift away from the metaphorical shoreline that we have uh, introduced in this conversation, which is beautiful, 
we can discuss the actual strategies and habits that help alleviate our tendency to procrastinate. Breaking tasks into smaller achievable steps allow us to appear more tasks to be more manageable, clearly defining what we need to get things accomplished. Setting deadlines, prioritizing tasks, these things contribute to time management techniques and it helps us structure our routines. With this in mind, think of focusing on what's most important first. Create a to-do list, take action. Using positive reinforcement by rewarding yourself when completing tasks, as well as eliminating distractions. That's a big one for me. Got some little <laughs> bitty kids running around. Beautiful distractions. Eliminating distractions is a step in the direction of, it allows us to seek accountability. It's stay on track towards positive results and long-term change. Um, procrastination is a pattern of behavior, so patterns can be changed. Together, these strategies, they can assist us in building new habits on a journey of overcoming procrastinating, involving a combination of self-awareness, discipline, and implementing effective time management approaches. Yeah, I agree with you. It is so sometimes so difficult to... Um, avoid those distractions because those things are unavoidable. A lot of the times we have children, we have uh, uh, different projects, we have jobs, families, extended families and friends so that all require our attention. Uh, so we engage into the activities that feel um, uh, more pleasant to us. Absolutely. So Sometimes we even have habits, right? We'll start cleaning. Oh, I think I, I, I better... <laughs> Clean the table again. You, 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 yeah, I saw your house. It's completely like spotless. And having kids, it's just absolutely impossible to have a spotless house like yours. And nevertheless, uh, you are not even stressed out about it. Because when I saw it, okay, like I didn't uh, tell you that, oh, I'm going to look at the uh, your house, right? I'm going to pop in and well. just like to look. And my God, I, like, I see that your house is spotless. Even with the kids, like, uh, did, did you have kids at all? Like, everything is absolutely in their own places. So, but for you, it's easy that I've noticed that. Uh, and you have to have it done in order to uh, think straight, uh, um, to attack the tasks at hand, right? So for you, that's probably easier. Otherwise, I would be, like, so stressed out all the time. So, you're yeah, those distractions. Clean. What are you talking about? You're also quite organized and clean. I think you're just more go at the flow kind of you adapt to the flow of life, which I think is a you enjoy the ride, which is beautiful. I'm always trying to take the wheel and have to remind. Oh, you. yeah. Enjoy the ride. I'm Taurus. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm Taurus. I enjoy the ride. <laughs> I Bye. like my ride really pleasant and comfortable. So that is why our procrastination becomes habitual. So breaking this habit often entails patience and consciously adopting new behaviors, applying new strategies, and developing a positive mindset toward undertakings. So changing behavioral patterns may seem like a painful or near impossible endeavor. Uh, it can uh, quite often that it happens, and even we, most of us, most of us, or even all of us, we have uh, uh, these moments in our life and we can't avoid it, uh, you know, but uh, nevertheless, uh, like the uh, Audrey Hepburn said, nothing is impossible. The world itself says impossible. <laughs> That's right. I love her. I love mm -hmm. Audrey Hepburn. Yes. So yes, overcoming procrastination is possible when shifting our focus from what appears to be an overwhelming outcome of a manageable process. 
breaking tasks into smaller steps, uh, setting realistic goals, creating structured schedules may open ways to cultivating, to, to cultivate new habits that uh, prioritize progress. And I know that uh, with myself, uh, <laughs> that uh, you have, like also, like you said, you have to start eating the elephant, elephant like what did you say with a spoon, right? How do you right? eat an elephant? How do you eat an elephant with a spoon? Yes, one bite at a time. What? One spoon at a time. <laughs> You know, that will be forever engraved in my mind, how to eat elephant. Fantastic. Oh, my God. It's such a carnivore to eat an elephant. Well, I, yeah. I'm never suggesting to eat an elephant, but it's just a massive thing to think. Because usually people refer to the pink elephant in the room or the white elephant, whatever color elephant we want to put on the display of the mental. Poor elephants. <laughs> Why is that metaphor? <laughs> Perhaps we can say a, a giant... Uh... <laughs> piece of pizza <laughs> <laughs> no 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 pizza for some of us it's you know procrastination <laughs> is to actually sit down and devour the whole pizza watching netflix so it's just not the elephant elephant is good whenever eat elephant meat so this is good how do we eat an elephant in <laughs> regard of the tasks so we also have to address psychological factors um like fear of failure or perfectionism uh, that could be the key to taking a proactive attitude about modifying the impact of procrastination. Mm -hmm. So while eating an elephant could be um, an interesting task to devour it whole <laughs> and thus becoming a perfectionist, how to do it, my understanding is that uh, you are absolutely right and we have to arm ourselves with a spoon or with spoons uh, in a plural form and actually attack that poor elephant and let it be a metaphorical <laughs> elephant, Sherry. Let's think of a snake in the wild, okay? <laughs> like a, a, generally a snake in, instinctually will not ever try to eat something that's bigger than itself. So it's always going to seek out prey. I know, here I am going, entering the twilight zone again. <laughs> twilight! Well, it's, yeah, the snake, exactly. Why do we manageable. as humans want to eat an elephant, right? Well, I mean, let's metaphorically keep the elephant, like, let's always think of eating an elephant bite by bite metaphorically only. I, I don't ever, <laughs> there's no indication of ever suggesting that we ever harm any animal to eat it one bite at a time. <laughs> so let's, let's clear that up for all future times we reference <laughs> Brian Tracy, he wrote an amazing book, Eat That Frog. So I don't understand why we talk about elephants or frogs. We here in the West do not necessarily eat frogs, but in order to avoid Actually, we do in the South. We go actually hunt for them here uh, down in the, the swamps of uh, New Orleans or all around the, the southern side here of the swamps and bayous. We hunt them and we eat frog legs. You also hunt frogs? Do they bullfrog. run away? Oh, the bullfrogs, yes. You blind them with a the light usually, and you catch them, and they, you can usually, like, for the size of your arm, where's my arm? <laughs> Seriously? It well, is this big. That's the delicacy of frog legs. It's a common thing to be eaten here, which I also think it's very common, I want to say, in French cuisine, which is part of the Creole cuisine. Mm, how interesting. I we remember do eat frogs. I <laughs> yeah, and that is very interesting because I didn't know that. Well, yeah, the French, the part of the French cuisine and Creole, that would make sense. Uh, mm -hmm. Although you and I never ate a frog and you never fed me a bullfrog's leg. Well, I, ha I have eaten frog legs. Usually I did too. You just eat the legs. 
I did too. If you'd too. like to, I can, I can arrange that. No, 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 no. That. no, 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 not anymore. Not anymore. I tried it in China because there was nothing else for me to eat. And whatever food, Chinese food we have here is Americanized, Westernized uh, Chinese food. And it's uh, quite uh, adaptable to our fragile Western tastes. Mm -hmm. When, when I was in China, I didn't find anything suitable for myself to eat and uh, on the menu. And <laughs> one was the, 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 the frog leg, okay, the bullfrog. I said, okay, I'm going to try that. I remember that it tasted like chicken. So I was decided to taste that. Well, needless to say that I probably came back like 10 pounds lighter <laughs> from China. <laughs> but uh, frog like uh, frogs, uh, those bullfrogs, uh, they don't taste like chicken at all. So, but uh, you like it, right? I like it fried. I mean, I, I, I eat almost everything. So I'm open to any cuisine that someone's going to serve and I will absolutely try it. Even if it's as much as uh, the repulsive look that Anthony Bourdain had, had on his face when he ate the rotten fish, which is, I think, a delicacy... Ooh. Maybe in um, it's a delicacy. I think it's like maybe I don't want to say I'm gonna probably get it wrong if I say Swedish or Scandinavian. I'll probably get it wrong, but maybe next week I can um, come back. I think um, that we might be slightly procrastinating from the What is this? Where did that take us? Come on, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Because you know we may think of that in the mundane terms, and also it is a part of uh, archetypal psychology. Also, that there is something that overtakes us uh, uh, right at the time when we want to do a particular task, and that could be like I have to do some writing, right? I have to do writing. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, oh, the house needs to be spotless. Oh, oh my <laughs> God, I have to clean under my bed. Like, haven't done it like in five years. And all of a sudden, I have this desire to do it. You know, find all sorts of different things underneath, like that I was looking for ages. And yeah, so all these things that we don't want to do uh, regularly when we procrastinate, when we are avoiding certain tasks, we're like, get up and as if we don't belong to ourselves we start moving in a direction of unacceptable tasks at the moment yes it, it, i learned when i was going through my dissertation i was having the hardest time focusing i was doing everything other than what i should have been doing and it was because i was afraid of failure somebody pointed out they're like you're you're afraid of failure and I'm, i had to be like what are you talking about surely i think that's what it came down to fear of failing I haven't even started. I mean, it doesn't even make sense, but it does make sense. It's a paradox. It does make sense. Exactly. It is a paradox. And I remember myself, and uh, I'm not as a fast, such a fast writer as you are. And uh, it takes But you're me a grammar goddess. So, I mean, you know, you have the balance there. We balance well, the scales. I'm a goddess. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Like you, rightfully noticed, uh, uh, and I'm a goddess in everything, and particularly procrastination as well. I love that as well. So once in a while, I do, I do, I do procrastinate, and I hate myself for it. So what happens, like psychologically, from avoiding those tasks, you beat yourself up, and then uh, it gets the cumulative effect, and then uh, you start hating yourself, and it uh, creates a low self-esteem, right? And yeah. Because we're constantly uh, actually procrastinating is leading us to, you know, fail. Absolutely. We're so afraid to fail that we're actually <laughs> we're leading ourselves to fail. fail. Right. You know, exactly. There's a quote. It says like the cost of procrastination is the life you could have lived. 
So True. we're so caught up in this. We're making more procrastination just brings so much more stress, but we're masters of it. We're masters mm -hmm. of self-deception. That's a part of it. We're, you know, just deceiving ourselves. Some things we're not going to want to do in life. Some things are not going to be fun. Not everything is going to be peachy yet. And again, this is not something you just dive in and say, all of a sudden, I'm never going to procrastinate again. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> it, I exactly. Think I think it's inherent. It's built in. It's inherent because they have. We are habits of uh, uh, habits. We're creatures of habit. We're also habits on the, on their own. We're creatures of habit, and we want comfort. So that is why we deviate to the comfort, uh, comforting conditions for us. The delusion of comfort in this if, in this instance, we're deluding ourselves by procrastinating, thinking that we're actually comfortable. Meanwhile, the deadline clock is just tick tock, tick tock. You know. <laughs> TikTok. Oh my God. And that's exactly is the case. And uh, for me, um, I have discovered that even if other people don't talk about it, we're all procrastinating. Once in a while we do that. Uh, and uh, there is a there are physiological factors behind that. And we have to be thinking that people who procrastinate, which all of us once in a while, right, or some quite often more often than others mm -hmm. we chase dopamine so when that uh, uh in mind that if we understand that the process behind uh procrastination we made we might as well take all those uh, uh necessary steps in order to work with it right once we understand it then we can work with it right yeah so with the dopamine dopamine actually uh, works as a motivator. A it is a motivator, a reward. That's mm -hmm. right. Motivation so, for that. That's right. Exactly. So I think it is very important for us to elevate and maintain our uh, baseline dopamine levels. And sometimes we completely disregard the uh, such elementary things as sleep for example and the sleep if we think that oh we can just uh, pack everything into one one day at the expense of our sleep we're largely mistaken uh yeah there's so much to do in a day uh i was just uh, uh telling my daughter yesterday as it was time to go back to sleep i said all i do in this life is just like i go to sleep every single day every single day i go to sleep for, for pete's sake why do i need to do that why don't i why can't I have more hours in the day, right? And for, for some people, it's like, oh, waking up, it's another day. You know, like all I do is wake up. No, all I do is seems to me like I go to sleep. And because I want to pack so much into my day that uh, uh, it's never enough, never enough for me. So I think that sleeping is important because that's when our dopamine levels get uh, uh, replenished, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if if also pro procrastination will affect your sleep. If you're stressed out because you didn't meet your deadline because you preferred to clean under your bed, then you've just <laughs> compounded your stress. You know. So the, and then oftentimes because you're stressed, you may eat too much or not eat enough. So you may be you know, suffering from malnutrition or not good nutrients in your body. So you're not feeling well. And in effect, that usually affects everything around you, everyone around you. You may, I may, if I'm tired and stressed out, I may be shorter with my children or people around me. Just, I have less tolerance. So procrastination can affect us deeply. And oh, we absolutely. may, you know, again, self-deception. 
I'm just tired. I'm just this, all these things, but we can change these things. We can, we can make changes. We can, and we surely have to, if we want to see any progress in our lives and especially in the direction where we want to go, because like you mentioned, we have to have proper nutrition and why? Because a lot of the times I catch myself, um, like I'm doing something. Oh, I just need to, like you, Dr. Sherry, I mastered the, the uh, science of eating above the sink, above the kids' heads, yeah. above my <laughs> desk. I never eat at my desk or in my bed. You know, when people say that, oh, I'd like to have breakfast in bed, you know, like coffee in bed. For Pete's sake, I don't look at my best when I'm in the morning, when I'm inquiring about coffee in bed, you know, that the, uh, I don't want to put crumbs into my uh, place where I sleep, right? For me, it is the place to sleep and there are places to eat. So it's when we do that, of course, that's uh, it can be a habit uh, of uh, asking for breakfast in bed or even thinking that it's a good thing. For me, I have to get up. I have to dress up, I have to take a shower, I have to dress up, and I have to go to the uh, breakfast table. Otherwise, my brain won't be functioning. My day will be completely ruined. Yes. Right? So I have to have that. I have to be dressed. I can't be even eating anything in my pajamas. This is it. <laughs> like, wow, well, that's fantastic. I mean, I can definitely eat in my pajamas. Sometimes I eat at my desk, and I mean, I do do that. But I have to still practice to learn, as we spoke about last week, to do be present, mindful eating. I mean, maybe once in a while in your life, you probably deserve to have be served breakfast in bed. So, you know, there's a tray. We can bring you a tray or something, or maybe that'll be something. I mean, here, what am I talking about? I don't, I don't often seek that out either, but I mean... You know what? I don't think that you would ever be able to eat in bed. You would be getting up and uh, wanting to care for other people and you wouldn't be completely happy just sitting there and indulging and eating in bed. No, I don't see you doing that. No, well, I Mm -mm. What, not, necessarily. Some, not necessarily so you do you can I, enjoy no it? i don't I, I can't even think that i've ever eaten in bed maybe long time ago no i'm up in the morning i get up and if i'm not procrastinating <laughs> i try to get up and not do too much social media in the morning i try to i've tried to eliminate that from my wake up routine in the morning so i can get up and not be looking at things that could possibly change my uh my 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 pattern and if i because that can take me out for who knows how long scrolling and getting caught in one article to the next article so i try to eliminate that when i wake up that is absolutely important because the first uh, few moments a uh, few minutes uh, to a uh, half hour when you wake up your brain is ac absolutely acceptable to all of the information just consider that you and i uh, are clinical hypnotherapists right we understand the power of suggestion so when we have when we do hypnosis we have to put the person down right bring him uh, back to the alpha state uh, or mm -hmm. just take him to the alpha state meaning completely relaxed so what happens when we just wake up in the morning we are so relaxed and our brains are in alpha state getting into bed slowly and we are so impressionable at this time so whatever we look at whatever information that we hear it's actually get <clears throat> impress on our minds this is how we start our day imagine we are watching uh, bad news 
uh, that's you have to avoid watching bad news in the morning. In the morning, what the uh, a lot of um, people say that meditation really does help them. And people who are successful in their life, they also do meditation, uh, not necessarily taking their mind off everything because they just uh, woke up from the mind being gone all night long or perhaps like watching dreams. But at the same time, that meditation brings you to the state of uh, perception and state of uh, uh, your mind when you can talk to yourself, when you can persuade yourself in a very easy way how to approach this day. Like I have noticed that the those days that I don't talk to myself and I love talking to myself, you know, sometimes Dr. Sherry, it feels good to speak to an intelligent person. Hey, <laughs> so I, I, I am completely okay. If anyone talks to themselves, and I'm <laughs> okay. If you answer yourself, I, I mean, I'm on board with whatever gets you through the day. I think we should also elaborate on meditation because not meditation doesn't always involve um, sitting there listening to music or just talking to yourself. Even in addition to affirmations, you may, be practicing uh, writing a gratitude list, writing something, or just sitting there, I think, and being present in the moment, whether you're speaking to yourself or not. I think you're right. I mean, having a mindfulness and living in the now, pro procrastination gets away from the now. It takes us away from that moment because we're, we're already focusing on the outcome. I think that's the most detrimental part of procrastination. We're so worried about the end that we forget to enjoy the journey that leads us there. That's absolutely is the case. Um, we forget about it. And uh, now I procrastinated from my thought here, what I have to say, and my mind just uh, evaporated uh, for a few seconds. <laughs> I was already <laughs> this joyful activity over this weekend, thinking, oh, what I'm going to do, what fantastically enjoyable things I'm going to do. And there, bam, I forgot about uh, talking about procrastination. <laughs> we procrastinate so easily. See how it just... <laughs> But it's beautiful. Just like that. It's beautiful to have moments to think about the future. However, what they call like don't future trip. Try not to stay in it. I think thinking about things of the future can bring hope. But try to focus on the things that bring hope and not stress. I mean, I know a lot of this procrastination, easier said than done. It's an ongoing process. It's something that we will probably more than likely practice until we are wherever we go after this life. Yeah, we have to have uh, also the practical approach to it. Um, there are psycho, uh, social, psychophysiological factors to it, of course. And uh, speaking also again about the nutrition and the uh, eating properly, it is uh, such an overused concept and everyone is telling us from the screens how we should be eating. But we need to develop uh, our own system, right? And uh, eat mindfully, like you said. Yeah, uh, build self-compassion as well. Build self-compassion and also understand what uh, um, foods uh, are helping you to produce more serotonin uh, because, um, some of them like cheese and nuts, they are high in tyrosine. And uh, that is helping you to build the serotonin. And uh, if we eat just breads and just simple carbs, uh, and uh, it's good, it can give us the uh, very short uh, sugar boost. Uh, and we will be thinking, oh, yes, like I'm more productive, but nevertheless, it is a very short term. And uh, also, I have noticed of what is so great for me and neuroscience supports it fully that we have to have first when we wake up in the morning we have to have some sun in 
our eyes at least 10 light. minutes a our day. Light. Our light. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you wake up in the morning, sometimes here, when I wake up early, there's no sunlight. But so you can you can use light. So just to clarify. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Or uh, if you can do sunlight would be even greater. Uh, but uh, with any light, you have to have that light. <laughs> Otherwise, Oftentimes be... I just call Dr. Yana up and be like, OK, FaceTime time. This, your sun, you are the sun goddess. <laughs> Sunshine, I'm shining my rays. Exactly. Oh, my God. I'm sun today. I'm also a goddess. What else am I today? <laughs> I uh, you'll be the moon, I guess. <laughs> right. At night, I'm the moon shining to people. So the sunlight, yeah, and also, you know, we talk about uh, regular exercise and people can be so tired of listening about this regular exercise. I hate when people tell me, oh, you have to exercise more, you know, oh, you have to do this or you have to do that, you know, but to tell you the truth that our limbic system is always in the communication with our brain. So in order to get ourselves on stock like emotionally regulated you mean well emotionally not necessarily emotionally regulate but in order to uh get unstuck uh from procrastinating moments what we have to do is we have to get ourselves uncomfortable and we have to start moving by starting moving our brains already get uh, the information that uh, I, I need to produce more dopamine you know i need to, to produce more dopamine in order to uh, motivate you right so our yeah. brains are very smart in this regard and we think that oh this is not the case and we are the masters of our brain well if you are the master of your brain start moving your uh, behind <laughs> so, so, so putting nicely <laughs> well, the limbic system is the seat of emotion of our brain so it definitely impacts us i think you know even if you want to address it as exercise i think anything that you want to address that may help you not procrastinate think of it as a process it's a process if you think you're going to go to the gym and you're just going to do all these things if you're doing exercise doesn't require you to even have to leave your home even if you walk it's just a matter of changing the pattern you have to learn to change the pattern in your life, whatever it might be. It doesn't even pertain to just exercise. A habit is a pattern of belief. So we have to learn to rewire these patterns. And that's why it's just like exercise or eating, break things down into smaller steps, more manageable bites. Think again of the metaphorical elephant. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you change your life? One step at a time. You can run even when you're running in life as fast as you can go. You're still taking a step at a time. One step is in the step. You're just going faster, but it's always one step after the other. It's a step, step by step, manageable, realistic. Step by step. And what happens is that with the dopamine behind the motivation, so we start moving and we produce that dopamine that actually motivates us uh, to go more and uh, uh, further and higher, right? Because mm -hmm. if we sit, yeah, we can enjoy uh, enjoying things that not does not require the production of dopamine. This is the craziest thing. We can sit in front of uh, uh, the TV, binge watch Netflix with the popcorn on our bellies or whatever cookies, and also enjoy the moment. However, what is the motivational factor here? Yeah, we enjoy it, but there's no dopamine and dopamine that pushes us to pursue things. So in order yeah. to do that, Make the first step, 
make two steps. You know, I'm always uh, um, motivated and just completely taken aback respecting people that I see that uh, were, for example, 500 pounds, and they got so motivated, they probably reached the last very moment, right, the rock bottom, so they just decided, okay, like, I'm going to lose all that weight. And you can see that they're so motivated by that, they go to the gym, they even put themselves uh, on the social media, how they did that for to motivate other people as well. So mm-hmm. for me, uh, why were they motivated? They could have just sat on the couch and eat popcorn and uh, cookies and uh, whatever it is. But nevertheless, they have probably gotten to the point when they couldn't do that anymore. So why, why wait for that moment? Why wait for that moment? Like, for yes. example... You can't wait for inspiration. Oh no, you can't. You, but you, you can take it. Exactly. You can't wait for those muses or muse. Uh, what is the uh, masculine? There's no such an action. Oh, there's no masculine form of a muse. Muse is a muse. She's a female somehow. This isn't that interesting. It's a feminine energy, just like the moon, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we if if we sit and wait for the muse to visit us for the inspiration, then uh, we're going to be sitting there for the rest of our lives. And then the regret of not doing what we wanted to do is worse, is much worse. So at the end of uh, the day, you're going to say, okay, like I blew this day completely. Happens to me. Happens absolutely to me. That often sets you back. If if you always remember, again, let's remind ourselves, whatever we're saying, we're listening to. So we tell ourselves, oh, I just blew my day. That is another brick that we have just put into the foundation of procrastination, which is really actually the house of cards. Procrastination is a house of cards. There's no foundation. Let me erase that term completely because there's no foundation to procrastinating. It's just a house of cards. It's going to, it can fall at any time. It can fall at any time, at any time. And that is so interesting that you mentioned that because uh, a lot of us can get um, addicted to drugs, uh, for example, the dopaminergic drugs. uh, Any kind of addiction. Any kinds of that uh, regard, yeah. But primarily that if we take cocaine or amphetamines, right, uh, they release an abnormal abnormal amount of dopamine, right? Yeah, uh, tremendous. Tremendous what happens, uh, the the dopamine itself, the drug itself becomes a reward and we can't do anything else uh, with our lives and we're hoping to get uh, that quick fix. So we take that, the the vitamins and we're going. Where's the motivation? And not only the motivation, we have to have the meaning behind our motivation, right? Yes, Oftentimes when we're involved in addiction, I believe we're out of touch with the reality. We're out of touch with ourselves. We're so, we're like negative, probably negatively thinking. We, we are, uh, addictions, but a symptom of like drugs are a, often a symptom of the actual problem that's going on. So when we reach an addiction, we're actually not dealing with the core crux of the problem. We are actually using these things to manage, to cope. So I think that's a, also a, maybe negative thinking of ourselves, learning to build self, um, challenge negative thinking, build self-compassion, go home. If you, if we say our body is a vessel, we have to be the captain of this vessel. I mean, are you actually going to hire somebody to physically move you around and take steps for you? No, we have to be the captain of our own vessel. I think there's a wonderful quote that sums that up, but I have 
no idea how to put it into words right now, but it's about being the captain of your own ship, of your own vessel. So like you said, um, there's dealing with the deep seated things that lead to addiction, I think are equally are the same for procrastination. Same. We're dealing with those same root issues like perfectionism, self-esteem, uh, no value, uh, which uh, affects our time management, so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah. And the secret here is start to start moving in a direction, right? Because making uh, a change, Slowly. making that change gradually. Yeah, gradually and breath. not beating ourselves up. We have to be like Jordan Peterson says, my most, uh, uh, well, he, Jordan Peterson and Carl Jung are the mo my most celebrated, my most favorite uh, uh, psychotherapists. And uh, Jordan Peterson said that you have to, you have to stop beat, you, beat, beat yourself up uh, for not doing things, right? Uh, yeah, you, have you have to, to agree with yourself. Chain. Yeah, well, you have to agree with yourself. Up, when you're beating yourself up, you're living in the mode of victimhood. Poor all me. All the time. You know, Poor yeah, me all the time. And, and exactly. You don't gain anything in that. It's hard to see when we're in it, though. It's, you know, it took me many years to even something as small as being a victim. I had no idea. Even blaming another person in a from a relationship or whatever it was, I, it took me many years to really accept responsibility for my own role. Take your own personal inventory and stop worrying about the other person. I think I'm procrastinating from the topic again here, but. <laughs> but it is not. Uh, taking responsibility for yourself, for your action, for your life is the most important thing. Because yes. nowadays in our society, I think we're being celebrated for not taking responsibility. This victim mentality is being elevated and essentially celebrated in our society. So this. Yeah, this is my understanding. This is how I see it. And the strong people become the villains somehow. Strong uh, people with the great uh, moral values, they become the villains and the, the victimhood and the weakness are being celebrated. Well, so anybody you... with an inability to take responsibility for what they're doing will always, it's, um, there's, a, there's a saying that says like people who are have strong beliefs they 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 actually um, it has to do with maybe religion like fate. They said a lot people who hold on to a certain sect of belief they will actually um, reject reality and be and believe whatever comes to their way. So a lot of times that happens with what you're saying. We actually we re reject our reality in belief of something an idol a person a government whatever it might be. Does that make any sense? Did That's I twist true. that a little much. Oh, we have to be able to twist it and look at the things from every direction because like we, when we lie to ourselves by running after something that is not true to us and uh, to be honest, this is where the root of the problem is. And we have to understand that attack yourself from every direction and look uh, what is of benefit to you and is not destructive. So agree with yourself, agree with yourself or just uh, say, okay. All take day long. Exactly. Take accept responsibility. Your reality. When you don't accept your reality, you will take whatever else. You will embrace everything else that, like you're saying, probably yeah. not. Yeah, we have to be able to uh, 
talk to ourselves as our best friend because a lot of the times we talk to ourselves as uh, the enemy okay you have to do it like jordan peterson says like with a whip bam go do it and be compassionate with yourself like you're saying right and uh, uh give yourself reward at the end of the certain task uh, be patient be patient but so interesting it's like while we think of a reward at the end of uh, some activity, for example, right? I've noticed that, uh, yeah, this is it, it's a psychological um, advice to give yourself a reward at the end of a certain task. Uh, this is what the, our parents did to us as well, right? But if we look at that from the neuroscience perspective, and Andrew Huberman, he's fantastic about explaining this. It was a huge surprise to me to learn that the dopamine is actually released, not at the time when you get your reward, but in the process of it. And that immediately, immediately became so clear to me why I never rewarded myself after cer completing certain tasks, you know? Mm -hmm. I Even when I got my PhD, I did not uh, celebrate it. Uh, even after my master's, like I never celebrated anything, not because I was uh, treating myself so harshly, no. It's just for me, it was not something that needs to be celebrated, although a lot of people, they do. I did not give myself a treat. I did not go on a uh, trip somewhere. I was not tripping. <laughs> I did not go anywhere. Fucking mushroom land, Sherry exactly. was out <laughs> <above> the crowd. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't do anything of that. And for a while, I thought that something is wrong with me. I don't know how to celebrate. I don't know how to be happy. In fact, I do know how to celebrate it. And just a pursuit of a particular task was already rewarding to me because that was meaningful. And I yeah. did it. And I did it. One thing after another, I did it. And then I felt good. But when I didn't do things that I set in front of myself, that the, the goal, so even the new year resolution, I would feel bad. Because if we set the new year's resolutions as uh, something inaccessible, like Stop losing 30 pounds in the first month, yeah, it is possible. Stop. You're going to drop dead at the end. Stop <laughs> waiting till the beginning of a year to change your life. I mean, every day that you wake up is a blessing to be above ground. I mean, if you're above ground, you might be in a submarine somewhere. You know, I guess you're still above the earth somehow there. I think that's what we do. We, we make so many promises to ourselves and other people. And we, we're like perfectionists and all these things that we, all the choices we make in life. But it's, it's people make such a big deal about this new year resolution. And I'm just, I don't know. I just, I think every day should be something that you take steps in either maintaining if you've made change, you can always grow. We're always growing. Just add, keep adding water, whatever that is to your life. The hardest part I believe in any part of your life is change. My favorite quote of all time is by Evelyn Wow. And it's, um, it says the change is the only evidence of life. And it absolutely, we change, we, we age, we watch our children grow. We watch our people around us get older, Everything is about change. The leaves fall from the trees. You know, don't talk about changing. Don't talk about growing older, our children getting older, and us age. Don't talk about aging at all. It's important to talk about it because you have to address in life the <laughs> existential angst is a part of procrastination. It's a part of it. It's 
it's it's so let's not think about the existential angst let's not think about it it doesn't exist let's procrastinate and not think about it (laughs) once you face it you can live it you have to be able to face it and embrace it my mom always tells me because i'm very always sometimes get into the existential angst of losing my parents or my children you know sometimes which will take me out for a moment and two and i'm like what am i thinking it's crazy but it's a part of life yeah I'm guilty of that as well. I think about it and then I uh, uh, remove myself from thinking about it. Yeah. You know, I just, I have to forcefully take myself out because <laughs> I'm going to do that the rabbit hole. Yeah, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. What what can we do with it? What we can do is to talk about it on going yeah. live on United Public Radio Network, That's 107.7 right. FM, and we are live with Be Honest show with Dr. Sherry and myself, Dr. Yana. Two goddesses, by the way, if you didn't know that. Two queens are two goddesses, <laughs> like you are ladies. Uh, well, gentlemen can be gods, and uh, ladies are goddesses. We all have a piece of the divine in us. Yes. So as we talk uh, on the procrastination, I think... It is very important what you mentioned, Dr. Sherry, is perfectionism. Perfectionism is a killer of everything. That's one of the reasons we don't even celebrate our accomplishment because we're so perfected on what can we achieve next. For some people, like some people are driven differently than other people, but it's like, it doesn't seem like I have to remind myself oftentimes that I actually accomplished that, that I have that because I sometimes will get down on myself and you know, people around me are like, do you realize what you've accomplished in your life? And when they say, bring that to my attention, it's like, absolutely. It's like, sometimes we forget all the milestones that we took to get us where we are. And to, like you said, to celebrate in whatever way celebration you want to, even by saying, I am so grateful. Exactly. Absolutely. The truth. Because we think uh, our society predominantly makes us think that the celebration is uh, something that has to have a lot of noise, balloons, lots of uh, alcohol, and it is not, or or at least, uh, not at least, or tons of people right next to you also screaming and celebrating with you, right? The champagne flowing and all. It doesn't have to be that way. Sometimes it is just like sitting with yourself or even walking or doing anything, going for a walk, that this is what I do. And I give myself credit for it. Okay, like you have done it. What is the next step? And I don't think that I'm robbing myself necessarily of uh, the celebratory moments that I could be having. It could be having. My friend, for example, the uh, from Europe, she always, so how are you going to be celebrating your birthday? How are you going to celebrating this and this and that? Uh, what are you going to go? Where are you going to travel? You know, well, sometimes, big, sometimes I feel so bad saying, you know, like, mm, you know what? I'm not planning to travel. I'm not planning to do this. I'm not planning to do that. You know, I'm not planning to have a party. And finally, she stopped asking me because I celebrate <laughs> in a totally different way. I sometimes can, can just go for a walk. Uh, I uh, can um, um, reward myself 
was actually giving myself some time to read those books that I don't get a chance to read, right? So that is a reward for myself. So, but uh, from the neuroscience perspective, the pursuit of something is itself is already um, producing the serotonin and happiness itself. It's already a reward, not what's at the end. At the end, the reward at the end does not produce serotonin, but the pursuit yeah, because oftentimes the celebration does. in those regards is oftentimes other people bringing it to us. It's usually not something we often do on our own, right? When we're like a birthday party or what, so on and so forth. It's usually other people around us who who inspire that. We're going to throw a party for you. We would love to have you do this. We would, we would love to uh, celebrate your accomplishment. So you're right. Taking celebration upon your own to reward yourself with good, even if it's words, like you said, even if it's a book, it doesn't have to be anything major, even if it's closing your eyes and just for a moment or just learning to live in the moment, not procrastinating. Exactly. And sometimes that could be a reward just to close your eyes or take a nap or go to sleep and have a peaceful sleep after a certain task. And I have found that uh, very helpful and not the, that uh, I exhaust myself to the point of no return. And that, that happens quite often as well when it's just like fall face down on my bed and just fall asleep. But that <laughs> to catch up, yeah, to catch up with that sleep is a very important thing. So for me, that could be a reward. Um, so that's very interesting. We're all celebrating things in a different manner, which is good, which is good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's And again, like you said, the self-talk, just making the change in life. Change is not easy. I think uh, Jung says the bringing the conscious, conscious, uh, unconscious, conscious is going to be painful. Oftentimes, I think change can be painful. Whether just like if you're exercising, if you're making a change, chances are if you went to work out somewhere, you're going to be sore. So it could be physical pain, mental pain. You may uh, eliminate some friends in your life if you change. They're just you outgrow certain situations. Um, But I think, you know, all of these biopsychosocial changes are very important. And just, you know, staying focused, I guess, on the tasks. How do you do that? I know that sometimes it is very difficult even to stay focused because we can have even different psychological or health disorders, right? And um, I remember myself uh, at the time when I was struggling with some health issue, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do anything. There was no motivation for quite some time and it was not the uh, clinical depression. It was not a depression at all. So at the time when I couldn't bring myself up to do anything, there was no joy of anything. I was just uh, uh, feeling so bad all the time. So when people just say, oh, like get up and go do something, you know, like I couldn't even move. So how do you get a motivation or the desire to do anything when, for example, people have uh, clinical depression when they're in the episode, for example, or different mental states that are unable, <clears throat> that makes them being unable to do anything when they have no desire to do anything. And that could be a big problem. And that's what happened to me. And uh, the doctor at the time, she mistakenly said that, oh, uh, you're depressed. And I'm like, I'm not depressed. And she said, if your mind is not depressed, then your body is. I'm just so silly. My body is depressed. 
<laughs> Although I did not have a depression, um, it was a different issue, but that was so real to me. It was so real because I could not even move so exhausted that I was. So when this happens, it's just an empty talk when somebody comes to you, try to cheer you up and say, oh, you have to pursue your goals or you have to go exercise. Sometimes it's just, just absolutely impossible. Well, I think taking around those words or other things we have to eliminate to our vocabulary, have to, need to, I should, I could, I would. Those are not the things that are going to get you out of the seat of procrastination. You know, I have to do this. I need to get it done. It's not going to help to put so much more strain. Those words are very direct. But if you're not going to be direct and you're not going to make the changes, those words are going to really affect you. And again, what, what, the, the information we're bringing you is for you know entertainment purposes. And if you do feel like you are really depressed and you're having a hard time getting up or feeling or any type of thing, uh, we recommend that you seek uh, support, some coaching off, you know, don't be afraid to reach Sit out to vision. people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. See physician and run some blood work, some tests, because it is absolutely important. Because uh, while we're talking about the procrastination, there's some physical problems that can prevent us uh, from even wanting to do anything or taking uh, the, the first or second. Or the, we're not thinking about even the third step. People sometimes cannot move. Uh, so for that, it's important to go to the physician and figure out things, what was wrong with you physically. And then after that, uh, you can accomplish. Uh, because I remember myself, when I was in that condition, again, speaking about Jordan Peterson and how he inadvertently, like in, so indirectly saved my life at the time, he was talking, um, as I thought that he was talking to me from the screen, he was giving a speech. And I heard him say that if you are in such a state when you think that you need a, a lot of help, when you can't even move, when you can't talk, like, for example, the clinical depression, you have to get up and you have to get help. And if you have to take some medicine, which is okay, pharmacological help, this is okay, he said. And I'm not advocating for that, that the people who are just having small minor issues, but for people with clinical depression, it is uh, uh, absolutely necessary to go seek help because um, you can't even uh, at times move. And yes, if that you saved feel hopeless. Me. Find if hope. you feel hopeless, exactly, because there are so many different uh, uh, manifestations uh, of depressive symptoms that you have to get some help. Although do not over pathologize yourself. Depression can also can come from lack of uh, motivation and lack of meaning in life. So if we just say that, oh, I'm depressed, that's why I'm not doing anything. That could be also an excuse. Absolutely. But, also, do not try to self-diagnose yourself. Don't. Absolutely. I would not recommend you read 100 things and say, I... Remember, I'll, I think I'll always reiterate, everything you tell yourself, every label you give yourself, you are telling yourself, this is what I have. So therefore, you if you don't have it, you're rejecting the reality again, and you start to live behind a label, which can be very detrimental. Whatever the label is, I'm bipolar, I'm OCD, it could be anything. It doesn't even have to be a mental health issue there. But if you live under that label, you are limiting your, your potential. And life is all about reaching that full potential. And that is a potential. And we have to remember, those are just the medical uh, terms, right? Med medical terminology that is not defining who we are. 
right? And when someone is saying, oh, he's bipolar or uh, he's borderline or she's borderline, I avoid, I avoid and I ask people not to really call other people this way because, uh, well, first it is overused to uh, being borderline or oh, he's borderline, you know, and that's it that people just diagnose each other all the time as we go, that yeah, well, you don't th have they the, go in life. You don't have the expertise or you don't, you don't have, have the expertise, the exactly. expertise or the education to back up your word, then be careful what you're saying, especially to yourself. Especially to yourself. That is absolutely. So in the morning when we wake up and we procrastinate and we don't do what we should be doing, it's important to know that talk to yourself. That talk reminds to yourself. me of Mel, Mel Robbins. She's a podcaster and I think she has the five second rule. She talks about you go oh, like yeah. five, four, three, two, one, get up. It's, yeah. it's, 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 you know, I mean, I think of that almost like getting in an ice bath. <laughs> Woof. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I don't do that often, but um, I do do the cold shower. I've, well, I, I don't do it for a long time, but I have tried that and it is vigorating. It's absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. Well, in the morning, we cannot take an ice bath, as you know. <laughs> it is not a good idea. But cold showers are fantastic. And of course, that you have to check with your physician, whether you can do it or not. But that can be a or shock for the body. <laughs> yeah, contrast showers, like hot and cold. Hot and cold is actually pretty good. But in the morning, when you take a cold shower, even if after you have uh, uh, taken a warm one at the end, like for a few seconds, you can turn on the cold one. And that will put your body in a state of a mild shock and give you, uh, start to um, help. It help, starts helping. In any case, it starts producing serotonin. That's it. I'm just like... <laughs> It's not for well, maybe I think you okay. thought so I'm hard. Gone. I'm going, I'm going, I'm procrastinating now. I'm gone. <laughs> You're gone. Your brain That's froze in the cold shower. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. In the cold shower. It's, it's like, you know, this is the time I'm so used to procrastinating, and this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gone. My brain is like, That's well, it. And when you, you start to practice the cold shower, you don't just go in there and blast yourself with cold water and be like, <laughs> do it like your approach to procrastination yeah. should be the same gradually add a little cold water gradually get it to where you can tolerate it slowly build upon it if it's something you want to try this is not in any shape or form trying to suggest that you go out there and jump in a pool of ice or take an ice shower it's all about gradual change it's doing something that you're not used to that actually will change the cellular structures of your or maybe I should say the neurochemicals that are flowing throughout your body. Exactly. The neurochemicals, because what happens that, the, you know, just love the dopamine topic. I just love it. Like, well, return we to love the dopamine. dopamine. I mean, <laughs> so, but this is what happens. You put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and then the, you start moving and then the dopamine gets released. So that is absolutely important. Even taking this cold shower in the morning, that is already releasing dopamine and dopamine right. make you feel happy. Although uh, some may feel euphoric. I love taking cold showers as well. You know, like, bam, you feel so good after that. And you don't even need coffee at times. So although co coffee just became a habit of mine and I just like drinking coffee, but cold shower in the morning is absolutely fantastic. And this is what it does. It builds uh, um, serotonin, releases serotonin. Yeah. 
and makes us feel good. And that's uh, after that. Uh, you're, you're procrastinating again. <laughs> yeah, after that, you can't procrastinate. You have to jump out of the shower and dry yourself, you know, because you're cold and get out and do something. And then it's impossible to proc procrastinate after that. So, yeah. And even if you choose not to shower in the morning or take a cold shower, I think just taking a moment to just be, to, to focus on being present. I think that's what we lose sight of the most. And when we lose sight of being present, we drift off into the shore, off the shoreline of procrastination. La, la, la. <laughs> I'll get it. And convincing ourselves over and I'll get it done. I'll get it done. But we have to start producing so much cortisol, so much stress hormone, the adrenaline. We have to. And I think for me, what I learned is uh, the stress I was putting myself, the, I had like an addiction to suffering, I want to say, because the adrenaline that would be caused by the stress of like suffering would cause that flow of that adrenaline, which feels good in a, in a really interesting, lovely way, I guess, to put it. So interesting, Sherry, make an appointment with me. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, I've addressed it, but I would love to talk about it. Right. Cause you would be so objective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's make an appointment. But the interesting thing is that I've also noticed that uh, with friends of mine, that sometimes uh, they uh, would turn from being clients, uh, they would uh, uh, turn into friends. And I've noticed that a lot of the times when you give people an advice and you know that and they know that it's a valuable advice nevertheless they don't do that they are not motivated enough to do it so even if they know they're not making right choices and when you tell yeah. them that this is the case this is a state of affairs and this is what you should be doing or just encourage uh, Courage. Or just encouraging them to do that. The thing is, what happens is that they are still not motivated. So there are different motivations for people. Self-limiting beliefs is probably behind that. Self-limiting beliefs are also also the procrastination. And in that, in those terms, I um, had a friend who would always just procrastinate and not do what she's supposed to be doing and always get into bad relationships when I spent such a long time just coaching her and telling her, uh, helping her understand the reality behind everything. And then finally, she's just like, you know, that she got herself into such a crazy state of affairs and trouble. Then I said, you know what, this is what you need to do. You need to make an appointment with me and you come and you sit in front of me <clears throat> and we're going to talk. And you're going to pay. That brought her attention. She came. She made an appointment. She sat in front of me. She looked into my eyes. She listened to everything that I said. She understood. And then she implemented that. So why do we need to wait until our life dissipates in front of our eyes? Why do we need to wait for that? Why do we need to go and have someone actually tell us what to do when we ourselves can take... Um, a moment, like you said, to be present, not in the future, not in the past, but be present and ask yourself, what is going on? Yes. And when we do that, that's when things start to change. But when we immerse ourselves in self-deception, self oh, that feels so good. Self-deception deviates us from taking responsibility. From yeah, procrastination all this is the desire to feel good right now. That's a quote from uh, Dr. Peichel, I believe it is, in his research. Pro procrastination is a desire to feel good right now. It's all built around stress. It's a, 
that's the, I think, defining mechanism of procrastination is stress. Sometimes Absolutely. we like to say, well, I'm so good under pressure. Well, that's great. If you're serving 400 people on a, in a kitchen, good, because you have to be good under pressure in that regard. But you don't have to live your life completely in pressure. Live, if you could try to live in the now, procrastination cannot exist in the now. When you live in the now, the ego cannot exist in the now, correct? So if the ego can't exist in the now, procrastination can't because procrastination is a part of the subconscious. Dr. Not Sherry, what are you now. talking about? My ego lives in the present time, not in the future, not in the past. It lives in the present time. <laughs> it, cannot, it cannot defeat you in the moment. <laughs> Our egos, yeah, they live in the present times. So of course, they, they can. So well, what, they do, but it's, uh, do you understand what I mean by that? No, elaborate on that, Dr. Sherry. Well, like when you're living in the moment, your ego can't take you out. You're not living in your head. So your ego is a survival instinct, but you're not listening to the voice in your head when you're in the moment. When you're completely and entirely present in the moment of where you are and you are aware, you're being honest with yourself. And again, this is not something we live on a 24-hour basis more than likely because we don't practice it or minus the time we sleep. Living in the now, when you're focused on the present, your ego can't take you. The ego is out to, I don't want to say it's out to kill you in a sense, but it's, it's, it's a survival thing. I, it's, it doesn't serve you in the present if you're listening to the voice in your head, which is oftentimes referred to as the ego. Interesting. My ego wants to take me at all times. <laughs> well, it does want to take you, but when you're at the, in, in the moment, it can't exist in the moment because you're yeah. present. Mm -hmm. you're, you're talking about acceptance perhaps. When you're cognitively aware your, your ego cannot live because the ego is not cognition right? You're, it's, it's all intertwined. I get it <laughs> deeply in, 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 in the cognitive, in the theater of consciousness, it's all intertwined intertwined. I understand, but living in the now you are present. You are not listening to the voice that's in your head. That's telling you what you should be procrastinating on living in the now you win, right? Cause the opposite, if you flip the word now around, it means I won W O N Oh, that is fantastic. I love so it. You kind of win when you live in the now. Exactly. And that is so important to live in the now to give yourself uh, uh, the realistic assessment of the picture, right? Yeah. Because if you think of all the influencing, influencing factors of procrastination, think of it as the committee between your ears. What's between our ears, our mind, right? So it's this little committee. You have the perfectionist in the committee saying, you, you're a perfectionist. You're too worried yeah. about how, yeah. right? Or the other ones that are the other part of the committee is like hoping that you fear of failure. You're just going to fail or whatever it might be. It's not like you're thinking when you're procrastinating, I'm so afraid to fail at what I'm doing. You don't even realize that's why you're procrastinating. You don't even, you don't even realize that your, your perfectionism is, is causing you the brilliance that you are is suffocating the, the process of getting to the outcome. Right. That is so funny because then not only did I have a committee, I have what the executive branch, I have a Congress <laughs> there, I have everything, you know, executive uh, and legislative branches, right? It's, well, maybe, you, maybe you can take us on the, the little a journey of talking about how to, um, in the summary, how to prioritize the process over the outcome. You know, I mean, that's a, I think it's so important to, to do the process, to focus on the process. But we're so geared to the outcome. Oi, 
I love uh, uh, procrastinating. However, like we said, what it does, it robs us uh, of uh, the progress in our lives. It robs us of joy. It robs us um, of fulfillment in life. So we have to remember to prioritize the process over the outcome so that uh, you may savor the journey across the bridge over the river rather than leaving the present moment and stressing on the destination. This is absolutely important. And this entire process starts within your willingness to be true to yourself, stay honest, and make long-term positive changes. So as you continue on your voyage to defeating procrastination, imagine driving toward the scenic location, acknowledge the road bumps and detours while staying true to your destination. Accept responsibility for your tendencies and maintain committed to, to the overall goal helps uh, actually navigate the twists and turns, ensuring a genuine and prosperous arrival at the intended outcome. After all, we have the ability to conquer procrastination, embrace our progress, and unleash our power. Be honest, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. <laughs> I think that's a great way to put it too. Like when you say, um, like that's re the reward is like rewarding your progress. Say good things to yourself. Yeah. Rewarding your progress. That is uh, one of the things and uh, staying true to yourself because we, um, as humans, it just feels so good to lie to ourselves and remain in self-deception. Like one day I'm going to lose weight. I, you know, today I can still eat all that cake like I did. Uh, I'm not going to say when. <laughs> mm -hmm. I ate, I ate a cake and then my daughter, she's like, um, um, I, and I told my daughter, I said, you know what? I ate that cake uh, uh, before the New Year's because my New Year's resolution to cut the sugar. And she said, mommy, it was after the New Year. <laughs> Guess what I said? <laughs> my procrastination just kicked in. I was a queen of procrastination. And I said, you know what? The New Year in the old calendar style in Russian is going to be on the 13th of January to the 14th. So uh, New Year's even at the 13th. And I still have a chance to make all those resolutions and not to break them. So again, we deceive ourselves all the time so now that oh i'll still get a chance i'll still get on the he uh, healthy habits i'm gonna stop eating uh the sugars right what happens to that what happens to that i'm looking for another deadline for myself in order to avoid starting it now because if i yeah. don't start it now i will not be a winner later right i will not win later so i'll still be a failure after that thinking that you know what i could have been doing such a great thing to myself a favor of stop eating sugars when well the yeah but the brain needs sugar to survive so it's okay to eat a little sugar i think but it has to be healthy sugar yeah but i, I think setting realistic set one resolution set instead of resolutions um, I think we just become so hard on ourselves. You're like, oh, don't make me feel good about myself for eating that cake. Don't even <laughs> start. <laughs> oh, sugar is good. Sugar is good. I remember your chocolate. But you were making good. the chocolate in front of me. It was so delicious. It was so fantastic because you're a queen. You're a goddess of cooking. And all those cakes. Oh, my God. Don't let me start about your cakes because but those things that cannot process. be avoided. You want to enjoy 
you want to enjoy the food. That's I mean, right. Take a, you have not exactly. Because then when you start feeling guilty and shameful, then it takes you into that negative thinking. I think overall, I think another uh, one of the final things we should touch upon procrastination is overwhelm. Because not just external, we have internal overwhelm, but we also have external overwhelms in our life. So oh, being overwhelmed, not only can procrastination lead us to be overwhelmed, but overwhelm can lead us to procrastinate. So what did you just say, Dr. Sherry? I uh, procrastinated for a second. My <laughs> mind was already in the weekend. Again. <laughs> 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 what just happened? What just happened? <laughs> well, like, for instance, like when you feel guilty by uh, you, you broke your promise to yourself. You feel guilty. A, a small part of you becomes overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed with uh, guilt, shame, and it's just it's it's um it's taking away from yourself and compassion. Oh, I just see procrastination as a as um overwhelm being a fundamental portion of that. Yeah, but you see how I intricately, uh, fantastically lied to yourself, to, to myself, right? And said, oh, no, I ate that cake before the New Year's, right? When I gave myself all that resolution, I didn't eat it after that. When, in fact, I did. But my mind tricked me, saying mm -hmm. that, no, it was before. So we love to feel okay, that we love to feel good to be in a comfort zone. And even our minds play those tricks on us. So yeah. we have to be cognizant about it and understanding where our weaknesses and strengths are. So while not beating ourselves up for that is a, a right approach, staying on course, staying on track and making right decisions is important. You know, yes. we hear all the time from the media, oh, making the right decisions. decisions. What does it mean for Pete's sake? What does it mean? Good decisions, appropriate decisions, uh, making good decisions for my health. I don't want to make any decisions. You know, I just don't want to make any decisions because I'm bombarded with all of this uh, advice as how to make good decisions. But what happens is that when we don't make decisions, when we don't take responsibility for ourselves, our lives, then what happens is that... Um, that shame circle continues. Well, that's and what procrastination is. It's, a, it's, it's exactly a, what it is. It's a cycle. You know, it's, and then people wheel. can tell you, oh, I don't feel shameful. I don't feel uh, guilty. Uh, oh, it's a, it is a huge bloody BS because I know that deep down inside, when we have not done something, we come back to ourselves. We don't go and confess that all of that to our friends, family, or anybody for that regard when we feel so shameful about it, right? And like breaking yeah. the promise to ourselves. For me, it is absolutely important to keep a promise, not only to other people, but keep a promise to myself. Most importantly, yourself. Most importantly. I think whatever you, whatever you, if you can connect with yourself, which I think is one of the hardest things to do, because we're always trying to do for other people and connect. If you can come home to yourself and you can have self-compassion and you can really be honest with yourself, you can learn to be honest with other people because this is where it starts. Exactly. And you know what? Sometimes <laughs> I come home and I have such compassion for myself. I take out the ice cream out of the fridge and I eat it. That How much compassion I have for myself. <laughs> but you deserve to eat it. That's the thing. You, if, if, if food is a problem or an, an issue that brings you down and brings you this, uh, the, um, something over your eyes, whatever it might be happening, do something else that counteracts that. You go on walks. Those walks counteract that couple bites of ice cream. You do other things. So when you feel that guilty, it's like, well, I already walked twice today. Absolutely. Uh, you know? So try to, to think of that. 
combat, challenge that negative thinking. It's so important to always remember you are listening to everything you say. And that is where the truth lies. You mm -hmm. always hear everything you're saying. And you know that uh, you said that all of this comedians in our minds, so we are so hard on ourselves a lot of the times uh, that um, other people don't have to be hard on us. So we are already hard on ourselves. We're usually judging other people and that's why it becomes hard on ourselves because we're seeking externally to, we're looking outside of us, seeing how society says we should live. We're, you know, that's, you have, when you come in, you, you, I don't think you judge as much when you learn to love yourself and learn to see, meet people where they are instead of judging. I think Mother Teresa says you can't love somebody when you're too busy judging them. Right? When you're well, judging people, you can't love. You can't. When you're judging people, you can't love yourself because you're constantly judging. When you're making a judgment, Jung says it as well, right? Whatever you see in somebody else is a reflection of what you are on the inside or and the outside maybe <laughs> but whatever you see in some you spot it you got it whatever you see in somebody else is something you should probably be working on in yourself so instead of looking at the other person she he whoever they them did wrong to me take look at yourself stop looking at the other person what is my motive why did i show up why am i here why am i judging that's judging true being a victim yeah, while we uh, have to distinguish the difference between judging in a negative sense, uh, condemning someone, we overuse that term uh, in our culture. And judging uh, on a healthy way, in fact, uh, that we all have to have this judgment uh, in order to understand uh, the... Observation? Like, judgment, mean? observation, and the critical factor in yourself in order to make a judgment in your life around mm -hmm. you, not necessarily condemning. Uh, uh, now I'm following. Yeah, there is this uh, difference between condemning and somehow people don't use that word condemning. There's like mm -hmm. that judging. You have to be able to judge to protect yourself and the, your family, for example, that you have to be able to judge in order to assess the situation uh, critically in order not to let other people also to violate your boundaries, right? There is a healthy understanding yeah. of judgment as a psychological concept, but condemning others in terms of judgment, that's uh, uh, what you spotted, you got it. For Pete's sake, I, all the time I think about it, oh, there must be something in me there. You know, mm -hmm. so that is um, an absolute well the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to be honest with ourselves, not just with other people. If we're not honest with ourselves, how can we be honest with other people? We That's can't. Right. No. We can't. That's right. Mm -hmm. So when we come and talk about the procrastination, it doesn't mean that, oh, we're masters of not procrastinating. We are the masters of procrastinating at different times of our lives, right? But we try and we work on it. Uh, actually, not to try because saying that, oh, I will try, it sets yourself for failure mm -hmm. already. I'm doing it. I'm you doing have, it. And you trying have to do is not an action. This moment. I don't, it trying is not. It's not a, a true action. Doing is an action. Exactly. When people say, it, oh, I'll do my best or you do your best. You don't do your best. You do it. You do it right. and you do it, period. Like with love, love is not, love is an action. It's not something you just can say, I can say, I love you, I love you, love you and treat you with no respect. But until exactly. I show you respect, you would know that 
you don't, I don't have that true love for you. Here exactly. I am procrastinating away from the. <laughs> oh, no, it is <laughs> not. You know, so it is uh, interesting. It's like to be a little bit of pregnant, you know, you either pregnant or you're not. Right. right. <laughs> and if you make changes and positive changes in your life, your body and your mind will reward you. And that's just how people change. That's how we all change. Or we stay in the rut. And that Out is the it. worst thing. That is the worst thing to stay in the rut. And um, if you don't have motivation, then you will never get out of it. And motivation is what is the, the uh, also the meaning behind those actions that you're taking. Even if, like you mentioned, uh, even if there's something is very meaningful to you, but you are afraid of failure, it is so important to take that perfectionistic view out of it and just uh, let go of the outcome. Let Focus go of the, the outcome. That's right. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Like uh, Dr. Sherry and I were enjoying the ride because if we thought about perfectionism, what we look like, what we say at all times and whether we're doing the right thing or not, we would not be even starting doing anything. No, we, we, would, we would hinder ourselves with self-limiting beliefs. That's right. Yeah, let, let, let's speak in a psychological term. We would limit ourselves, self-defeating beliefs and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> yeah well, so it's important to take the stance it's it's important to be honest with yourself and take action put the one left or right foot forward and make that action even you if know, you some, have to crawl if you have even to if you roll, have to crawl exactly yeah sometimes exactly exactly sometimes uh what we do i don't even remember who said that uh, sometimes uh, if you can't uh, run in your direction you walk if you yeah. can't walk you sit in that direction if you can't sit you lay in that direction right. if you can't even lay i'm like all right i'm gonna breathe in that direction That's because sometimes fantastic. it gets so difficult to even do any action accomplish any action so at least at least you or dream in that direction at least you know absolutely it's been great sitting with you today and um thank you all for listening because as we conclude today let's get ready for an exciting week ahead we have an engaging episode lined up next week we're going to be joined by dr craig johnson we're going to explore liminal space whether you're a devoted be honest listener or just curious about the art of living in between this episode is packed with thought-provoking ideas about the fascinating realm between transitions that capture the essence of possibility and transformation. Don't mix out. Mark your calendars for next Friday, January 19th at the same time in the same lovely place. Join us on United Public Radio 107.7 FM and as we take a ride on the roller coaster of life. This is going to be an insightful and lively discussion you won't want to miss. Stay tuned. In the meantime, you can find us, Dr. Yana and Dr. Sherry, at BeHonestPodcast.com. We enjoy sharing this journey with you, our valued listeners. As you continue going about your day or your night, remember to wear a smile and be honest. Be honest now. Don't procrastinate. Do Live it in the, now. In the moment. Do it That's now. Right. Exactly. N O W. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Sherry, for this engaging conversation. And, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be seeing you next week. Thank you for joining. And we'll see you again soon. Mm -hmm. Goodbye.